Hey, welcome to another Try Hard podcast where we try hard to entertain you. Just a couple of friends who get together during a pandemic and talk about some random things with your hosts, King Cord and Just Jimmy and Juju Julie. Hey, hey, you, you, I don't like your podcast. Hey, hey, you, you, I think you need a new one. Hey, hey, you, you, I think you should give us a try. Hey, hey, you, you, try the hard podcast. Try hard, baby. Mm. Yeah, we did it. I was waiting for that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you were going to have me do the, the moan in people's ear prank thing. Yeah, <laughs> have you have you done that yet in public? Oh yeah, I got this gal at work. I got her like twice with it actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, I went right behind her and my buddy Kyle. He's like recording it for Snapchat, and uh, yeah, right behind her. This lady's like sixty, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I just right up to her ear and, and silver fox. I got right behind her and I just went, oh. she got like her face just immediately she was reading a book her face immediately turns red and she looks up and she starts smiling (laughs) it was a fucking classic she was ready she was ready for a good time I I guess (laughs) they don't get wet anymore it just drips dust (laughs) <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you know how you like baby powder you stick your finger uh, yeah talking powder I'm not gonna go into it <laughs> <laughs> well that's an interesting start yeah yeah you guys like the the in, the new intro and the outro I like it a lot. I think it's very modern. So I wanted to bring up uh, something I saw on the news today. Uh, apparently, scientists have now come out and said that they've found a very special gas on Venus that supports life. Ooh, crazy! And uh, I think that I think scientists are going to prove that women are from Venus and Mar- or men are from Mars. You motherfucker! You stole my fucking bit, you cheapskate! You stole my bit. I gave you that line earlier today. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh. Damn you! <laughs> I had to. So, does this mean we could terraform the the planet, or no? I don't. I, I don't know about that, but we can go see if there's fish there. Isn't it just a big ball of gas anyway? Venus. Yeah. Your mom's a big ball of gas. <laughs> Your mom goes to college. <laughs> I think it's more than just gas. Well, I'm gonna. So, go Venus. It roasts at temperatures of hundreds of degrees and is cloaked by clouds that contain droplets of corrosive sulfuric acid. Mm. So few people have actually focused on the rocky planet as a habitat for something alive. 
Yeah, whatever does live there is going to be like hard as fuck. Now, I know they they had mentioned something about building up. Uh, they they said that you could build like, like almost like a sky community there. I don't know why the, why you'd want to do that, but if the clouds are full of corrosive material, why would that? Uh... They want to send they want to send people to Mars. I think yes. Mars is like a lost cause a little bit. Like we, you know, we we did enough. We found out, sure, maybe life did live there at one point, but it's nothing now. I think I think Mars is in right now. We're seeing Mars in a state of it's reforming. So I, I think life is probably going to be on that planet again, but it's going to be but not probably, in our lifetime. No. Millions and millions of years away. There's actually, there's a conspiracy, or a belief, however you want to call it, that humans actually uh, were from Mars, and we knew that the planet was going to die, and so we moved to Earth because it was the next planet over that was also habitable. Um, but then some somewhere in between leaving Mars and getting to Earth, we kind of forgot that we left Mars. <laughs> <laughs> there, okay, so there, there's one theory that we built a sh- uh, spaceship and somehow that's the pyramids in Egypt or some bullshit like that. And we flew it to Earth ourselves. There's another theory that we were visited by a more, an even more superior race of aliens who wanted to play God. And kind of took some of us or took some of our DNA and then went to Earth and started mixing it with the animal life here on Earth. And therefore we got evolution from fish or monkeys or however you want to fucking see it. There's, what do you think of the, like the predator theory? <laughs> the predator. What's the predator theory? Well, I mean, they come down, they they come to our planet, give us all this technology, and uh, we're basically like their their pets. I mean, they they can they hunt they hunt us, obviously, but I mean, so, like, what, if, what if what if everything we have was was a <laughs> Was was given to us by the by the Ouija or Wenja or whatever they call them Ouija. So you're so you're saying like an a, a hunter race of aliens? Oh yeah, like that's close to your theory. You know that the the alien race or whatever. I mean, it could be something. They could be, you know, in in my mind, it'd be really cool to have these predators. But I, you know, they're probably these little green men with giant squishy heads and. <laughs> Not, they don't look. They don't look cool. They don't have the fucking blaster cannon on their shoulder or nothing. No. They're just like these little tiny, little naked dudes with like huge fucking wieners and. <laughs> this and says, like, I'll show just, you a blaster cannon. This, let's just see what happens. Let's just do this, and then we'll come back in a couple billion years and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Okay, so kind of circling back here, we got off on a little bit of a Mars sidetrack there, but. Circling back to Venus, they found with telescopes, they found a chemical phosphine in the atmosphere. And after analyzing it, um, scientists are saying that the only explanation for that chemical source is by something being alive. So they're suggesting 
some people question it, so it's not like 100% of scientists believe this by any means, but some people think that it could be some unexplained atmospheric or geologic process on the planet, um, but other people think that it could be from some sort of life, whether that is a microbe of some sort, you know, um, or if it's more of an advanced life form. But I just think it's amazing that we can find life like that. And with just a telescope, like we're able to find that information with a telescope and seek out if there's other life. I definitely think there's other life out there. Could I it, mean, it has to exist, right? Could it be just like, <clears throat> could it just be like maybe an error in our technology? Like, do we, how, how, for sure is that telescope you know right I mean definitely that's something that would have to be looked at and investigated as part of that process but you also have to think too what if there's some sort of molecule we haven't discovered yet we don't even know to look for and this whole time it's been staring at us you know right here and we just don't have the technology or the knowledge capacity to understand that could be very possible but i'm just more like uh, is it just really some guy with a telescope who's like saying oh hey this cloud's a little bit more pinker than the others it must have this chemical compound in it which sustains life everyone's like yep so when they say pink (laughs) so when they say telescope i don't know if this is like because you know how sometimes they launch like satellites and stuff that have like like the what is it the, is it the hubble telescope and yeah. stuff that are floating through space like I, who knows if they're not taking samples as they're floating through space and so maybe they actually got a sample this says they didn't they have not collected specimens of microbes nor have they snapped any pictures of them, but with the powerful telescopes, they detected that chemical. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm listening. I'm... So, so basically, they're, they're saying, well, this is just from, through the viewfinder. We don't really have any samples to test if these are actually what we say they are. But they're but they're from like a telescope satellite. They're not actually from a telescope here on Earth. It didn't clarify it. Here, using the James Clerk Maxwell Telescope in Hawaii, and confirmed it using the Atacama Large Millimeter Submillimeter Array or ALMA radio telescope in Chile. So it's not just one telescope. It's they had multiple. The first article by New York Times did not clarify. This is by, is it Reuters, is how you say it? Um, Said that they verified it with two different telescopes. You know, the, the, the tribes in Hawaii, and I'm sure in Chile too, are very pissed that we put those telescopes there. The one in Hawaii especially, because it's on sacred land. I'm sure that's I'm sure that's not no. the only one that's there, but okay, yes, so I like understand. They're, they're upset that it's on their land. Yeah, it was like a very it's like a 
super spiritual ritual site that they sure. that they use for their tribes. I I heard this on um, Joe Rogan's podcast, um, but they, yeah, they were very pissed about it. They like they're like, hey, we want to put a telescope here, and they're like, no, you can't. And they're like, well, we're going to, and they're like, well, we, let's put it to a vote. Oh, we vote no, you can't. And then we're like, yeah, but nobody cares about your tribe bullshit anymore. We're going to go ahead and just put this here. And so, like, all the Hawaiian tribes are, like, super pissed at the science community. Yeah, I mean, if they they can't respect that, especially scientists, then... Yeah, I mean, the scientists, like, came out and they're like, well, you know, this is, like, one of the highest mountains in this area, and it's a prime spot to put a telescope so we can see most of space. So we should be able to put a telescope there so we can study the stars and beyond, um, which should be way more bigger um, um, thing than your tribe and beliefs. So if you just if you just uh, if you just cooperate with us, we'll do our research and be out of here. Okay. Yeah. It's a sacred land. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That. So. <laughs> waiting for it. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for Julie to, I'm Waiting for Julie to correct us. Yeah, I was. Uh, right. I'm just trying to steer us back on our path of talking about Venus. Yeah, um, that's what we're... we're... <laughs> so I found a good quote here um, from the MIT molecular astrophysicist and study co-author Clara Sousa Silva that said, With what we currently know of Venus, the most plausible explanation for phosphine, as fantastical as it might sound, is life. I should emphasize that life as an explanation for our discovery should be, as always, the last resort. This is important because if it is phosphine and it is life, if it is life, it means that we are not alone. It also means that life itself must be very common and there must be many other inhabited planets throughout our galaxy. And then it goes on to explain this phosphine is a phosphorus atom with three hydrogen atoms attached to it, and it's highly toxic to people. But it supports life? Well, it's kind of that saying, I think, where life finds a way somehow. (laughs) So (laughs) it may not be life forms as we know it, Uh, but... uh, uh, What I'm saying is uh, life finds a way. <laughs> I love that part in Jurassic Park, Which, by the way. <laughs> speaking of life finding a way, segue, there was a snake that either asexually produced or stored the sperm of a male snake for at least 15 years and laid a clutch what? of eggs. What? Yeah. Wait, um, but how? Who? Who? How the who did who discovered this? Like how did this happen? <laughs> I love how you're so like you're not speechless, but you're like you're so baffled by this. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, who's watching a female snake for 15 years and going, yeah, that's probably what happened. Okay, so I I think me and Julie had kind of talked about this story before. Uh huh. Um. It, it it's old. It's really it's really old. It's a ball python. It's in a zoo, um, and St. Louis. Yeah, St. Louis Zoo. And uh, 
I don't believe this. They said it was like, what, 50 years old or something? 60 years old? 62 years old. I ball mean, python. Yeah, that's the oldest. I mean, that's the oldest living ball python recorded in history. And it very well could be. Um, what is the typical life of a... She has not been near a male python for at least two decades, they're saying. Um, she laid a clutch of seven eggs, I believe, um, two of which did not survive, two of which were taken for genetic sampling, and then the remaining three are still in an incubator. They were laid on July 23rd and should hatch in about a month. What's the typical lifespan of a ball? Point 20, like 15 to 20 years. So like a cat. And they're saying this is like a 62-year-old snake? Mm-hmm. I feel like... I feel like maybe somebody's data got mixed up. I don't know, because this says, from what I'm seeing, it looks like their record is 47 years. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, I, yeah, I definitely think there... maybe it's like 26 or something. Like, I maybe mean... they... The, the genetic diversity of these ball pythons is something that, that we we are just kind of dipping into. It, it, they've been, you know, breeding these different colors of these things, and it's just endless. It's endless. I mean, there's hundreds of different ones. So they could, I mean, if they would actually, like, study these things, they could probably figure out that, yeah, I mean... Maybe they can store sperm for a long period of time and, and just have it whenever they want it. I, I'm, I mean, I was shocked when I saw the story. I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. In fact, I think that's probably what I said when you told me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So They don't um, just go grab it for no reason, but whatever. I, it just baffles me. And so they're trying to figure out if these were reproduced sexually or asexually. So apparently ball pythons can reproduce asexually, which just fascinates me. Uh, they can't? They they can asexually? Yes. Like they don't need sperm and eggs? They do not, but they can also store the male sperm from mating for a very long, like years. So that's like a known trait. Like, that's just not coming out of the blue. They can actually store sperm and then later yes, use it. Yes, for a delayed fertilization. I was not aware of that. Is that just snakes or is that like a reptile thing? Like, can turtles do that too? Can sea turtles do that? I don't know. This is why no. I'm not saying anything because I have no clue. Like I said, it's the weirdest thing ever. Just can you can you imagine us finding out how to do that ourselves in humans? So like females can just store like <laughs> like have like a well, they can pick out like a really hot guy and like yeah okay that he's got some good genetics and then you know have a, like a one night stand with him and then they'll just store his sperm. Haha, <laughs> your seed is mine forever. Now and I can have like, as many babies as I want. Yeah, and then like 20 years later, she's like, all right, I'm ready to have a kid. <laughs> yeah, um, so get this. Like, it's. That would be crazy if that were possible. 
But get this. So this has not only happened once. This happened previously with the same snake back in 1990. 1990? Yes. Um, she laid another clutch of eggs back then that they think might have been conceived uh. with a male because at the time when the zoo was cleaning out cages, they would put the snakes in buckets together. And so... This is our one chance, Steve. Let's get it. But then, so like we were questioning the age, but then later on it says the birth is also unusual because ball pythons usually stop laying eggs long before they reach their 60s. But I'm... Do you think it's the same? Jimmy, you're very knowledgeable about snakes and... Google also is like backing you up on this that that's an awful old snake I mean do you think it's possible that it's the same dude snake sperm it very well it very well could be like I said they they don't not enough is put into research on on this on the ball python I mean it very well could be something that they've been able to do for thousands of years we just don't know about it like it could be a rare it could be something that happens out in the wild on a constant basis but for it to happen in captivity that's a whole different deal so this could be one of the instances where something like that happens i mean okay Hmm. now i know this is not um necessarily legit because it's wikipedia but it does say that um, St. Louis actually has... Let me find it here. I mean, I'm more impressed with the colors on this thing. I mean, this is... What, what is this? Uh, this is a... It's real dark. It says, In captivity, some specimens have survived for up to 60 years. The oldest recorded ball python being kept in captivity 62 years, 59 of those were at the St. Louis Zoo. So the St. Louis Zoo has kept this snake alive the longest, according to Wikipedia, depending on how... I'm going to check that resource that they used. But... I mean, as long as you meet their living conditions, which it's not hard, it's... a ball pythons are super simple uh yeah i mean they can even live a hell of a long time well they, they just need like heat and... yeah i mean they, they literally just you know they've got humidity. A, they've got some humidity requirements i mean they uh they have to have about 50 percent humidity but uh otherwise they can't shed very well mm. but uh other than that, man, you know, if they don't get too obese or, you know, a one rodent every other week is probably sufficient for for a ball python. I'm sure it would, yeah, the thing would probably live forever unless it got AIDS or something, but. Hmm. Snakes can get AIDS too. It's not just cats and humans and monkeys. I'm going to go with maybe. This isn't proven. But... <laughs> okay. <laughs> mm. that's, that's just, yeah, that baffles my mind. I'm interested to see if they do any more research on it or anything. So. 
I'm I'm actually kind of amazed that they don't have and they haven't been doing research on them. I think a lot of it a lot of it is is they they export these from from Africa wherever and they get they get lost in the pet trade. <laughs> yeah. So that's I think mainly what they're used for. I don't think they've really studied a lot of them. I know a lot of people are just afraid of snakes in general. Which, I mean, to each their own. Everybody's got their thing that they're scared of, or a couple things that they're scared of. Yeah. But, I don't, personally, I'm not scared of them. Like, initially, when I first saw snakes, like, I used to do zoo crew. I worked at the zoo for four years. When I was first around snakes, yes. Did they scare me? Yes. Because everybody plays them up to be such a scary animal. I feel that's my opinion, but once I held one, I was just amazed at how cool it feels in your hands and you can feel every single muscle when they're trying to move. Oh, it's amazing. The thing of it is with people is they don't understand is that, especially with snakes, is that they don't, they're not like a dog or a cat. They don't have like a physical attachment to you. Yeah. There, there's that thing. I all their 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 brains are like prehistoric. Like I said, these things millions and millions of years snakes have been on the planet ever since the dawn of time, and uh, they got a pretty prehistoric brain. So you know they they don't have that function like a dog or a cat, but they can sense if you're a threat or not. And they, they, they get used to you over time. So they, you know, it, it is kind of cool to have this thing slithering on you or whatever. I mean, they, it's kind of neat. So I've always been into them. I've been into them ever since I was a little kid. So do they, do they bite? Yeah, it doesn't feel good. But uh, like some, like a, a bite from a ball python is not bad at all. I mean, you'll bleed. You bleed with a lot of them. Yeah. But uh, if you take a bite from like a small rat snake or a garter snake, it's not gonna, it probably won't even break the skin. So um, the ones that you really want to watch out for are venomous ones, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is that? Because um, those little <laughs> hypodermic needles will inject you with the hot semen and you will not like Ooh. that. <laughs> Ooh, I don't know. Hot semen, that sounds pretty attractive. This is like it. the toxic hot semen. <laughs> Why is it so spicy? Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, you know, like, if you go to handle one, you know, are they going to hook into your arm sometimes? And Yeah, they, they, they can. I mean, they'll, especially if they smell like a rodent on you or, you know, it just depends, too, if they're... If it's well fed, um, it'll be a little easier to handle. If it's not well fed, you know, it it could could be pretty flighty and wanting to get away from you, and it will it will bite. I mean, it's their only defense mechanism. So, I have yeah. not been bitten by a snake. However, I have been bitten through a glove, of course. But I have been bitten by a tenric. Do you know what those are? You explain. No. They look similar to a hedgehog, 
but they have it might be like the strongest bite of a mammal I believe mm, that would be the Tasmanian devil um, let's, let's google it yeah google it <laughs> let's have a google race I say strongest bite from a mammal Tasmanian devil German shepherd German shepherd Julie <laughs> how do you spell that thing Tenric? Yeah. T-E-N-R-E-C. They're adorable little creatures. I love them so much. It does look like a hedgehog. They look similar to hedgehogs. Um, We would have those at the zoo, and we had to present them to people, but we had to wear gloves at all times because they bite and they latch down mm-hmm. so hard. The only way to get them to unlatch was to put their heads underwater. <laughs> <laughs> so I have been bitten by one of those things through a glove, and even through the glove, that sucker hurt. Well, like Kevlar gloves or whatever? Oh, no, they're just like leather gloves. It's not like... <laughs> <laughs> They're like, here, get fucked, kid. Was, uh-huh, it, was also... it like somebody putting a pair of like vice grips on your fingers or what? Um, yeah, but pointier. <laughs> a well, lot it sharper. I didn't bite through the leather, did it? A little bit, but it wasn't bad. Um, I've been bitten by a horse or pony a few times there. Donkey. <laughs> Donkey once. So these Mama. things will, will hold on for dear life until you put them underwater and they're like oh fuck I'm not getting I'm not gonna drown yeah they will yeah they'll pick their life over biting you <laughs> and so yeah they don't do it instantly though like you have to wait until they're like oh crap I need to breathe and then they try to breathe and they get yeah. water and then they then they release and then they come up All right, so a Tasmanian devil has 1,200 psi in their in their bite. A bite strength of 1,200 psi. That's a lot. And the the Tenric? We can't find it. Oh, here, maybe. Definitely gonna have to edit this part. Henrik Bite Force. Hmm. Okay, so I was way wrong because like there's all these other <laughs> all these other <laughs> animals, but it's a nasty freaking bite. Okay, just oh, I'm know sure. that. Yeah, absolutely. So For... the Tasmanian devil's what, twelve hundred? Yeah. Twelve hundred Okay, so I'm... comparison, Tasmanian devil's twelve hundred, a gorilla is a one thousand PSI. German Shepherd just two thirty eight. Polar bear. Polar German bear is twelve hundred. German shepherds can get fucked. Jaguar is fifteen hundred. Hippopotamus is two thousand psi. Wait, jaguar is fifteen hundred? Yeah. So that's more than Tasmanian. Yeah. Yeah. That is. That's more. And I'm going up here. There's still more. So hippopotamus is two thousand. Saltwater crocodile is four thousand psi. Jesus Christ. They are guesstimating here. A T Rex had ten thousand psi. <laughs> this is and per it, square inch. How can they find how you can they first square inch of the jaw? Yeah, of yeah. course. His his whole fucking mouth was the size of a house. Okay, okay. And these last two, I just want to laugh because then you have the 
dinosaur version of a crocodile is a dinosuchus, I believe, <laughs> at a 20,000 PSI. And then the top one is a megalodon at 40,000 PSI, which is the giant sharks. Yeah, and could you imagine with all those teeth, five to seven inch teeth, and they had, what, almost 300 like six, of them? They have six rows, yeah. Like 300 teeth in their mouth? Yeah, uh-uh, uh-uh. Really like nope. the fucking paper shredder of the fucking Jurassic Park? <laughs> Yeah, but imagine like a small little flimsy sheet of paper going through a shredder, and that's like your entire body going through (laughs) their mouth. A car would just be nothing. It just. Wow. I don't even know if it'd give it a bellyache. (laughs) It'd probably just burp (laughs) and be like, more, please. A car would be like us taking a pill. (laughs) Yeah. I was going to make a really poor joke. I'm not going to make it now. Um, anyway, moving <laughs> on. What other what other updates do do you have? Oh my so, god. Did that just did you just orp open like a portal to hell or something? Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. It sounded like you were like breathing pure fire and yeah. like stone. Uh, or just uh, can pick the Ouija board away when we do the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Holy cow. I was trying to get I was trying to get some guests on the show. <laughs> so have you guys heard the controversy controversy? E with uh, the Netflix movie Cuties. No, oh, I haven't. What's that? No. So there's this there's this movie on Netflix that just like recently released called Cuties, and um, it's about this 11 year old girl, and she's in they're in France, and she's in a very religious family. And the family just wants her to continue practicing, like, the religion and stuff like that. But she wants to be like all the other girls and dance. And uh, she happens to go down to the laundromat in her building where she saw another 11-year-old girl who was dancing to some Spanish music. And it inspired her to become a dancer and start a girl group dance dance group and uh they go and they find like a bunch of other girls to join this team and then they wanted to go and do dance competitions the problem that everyone is having is that these girls are 11 years old and the dance moves and the music that's in the um movie is really Sexual, like they dialed it up to fucking eleven, and it's so it's like it's super cringe that people are starting to think that this was actually made by a pedophile for pedophiles. And the director has come out and said that, oh no, this is supposed to shed light on how young girls get sexualized, and especially in dance and stuff. And it's like, no, it's not. Otherwise, you wouldn't you wouldn't make it so fucking sexual. Like this dude, this director had made like five to six minute long dance scenes where he's just like zooming in on them, like throwing their ass around and zooming in on their like vaginas and shit like that. And like, people are like losing their minds. Yeah, I probably would too. I mean, if it, if I watched it and it made me feel uncomfortable like that, yeah, I'd, I'd be upset too. I, you know, you, 
think about it, man. If you got a, what if that was your daughter or whatever? I mean, yeah, I'd be pissed. There's actually a scene in it that uh, where these girls get in trouble, like they're in a, uh, I can't remember where they're in, but they're there's like in a place they're not supposed to, and a security two security guards come over. And they're like, hey, you're, you're, you know, you're not supposed to be here. You guys are gonna get in trouble. And the way they get out of trouble is they do a dance for them, and you can clearly like see, and like one of the security guards who's like an older dude, that he's like totally fucking into it. Like he's a pedophile, like clear as day. And it's like it's fucking, it's weird so- shit. Apparently, Senator Ted Cruz asked the Justice Department to look at whether Netflix and the makers of this movie violated federal child pornography laws. Yeah, really? I think one one of the yes. the like wrenches in it is that it was it was done in France, and in France, the consensual mm-hmm. age is fifteen. That's which true. Is still like four years off of 11 but still everyone's trying to say that it's like a it's a cultural thing like you don't understand because like france's cultural culture is different from ours they accept sex more at a young age and stuff like that but well well, we don't yeah and so like (laughs) one one of the arguments is is that should it just be streaming in france then or should it even be on netflix at all so another thing, this kind of brings up a good point. Not not necessarily specific to this documentary or movie that was done, but I've seen some articles recently that were talking about why is it in America that we have sexualized so much about the human body versus if you go anywhere, pretty much anywhere in Europe or even the rest of the world for that matter, these things are not nearly as sexualized. Like it's perfectly okay. I mean, we're just still battling the fight of nursing in public. Like we still think there's still some people that think that that's too sexual because you have your boob out that you're you're like, come and get it, guys. I'm just feeding my baby, but come and get it. You know, that's too yeah, sexual. I some too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> or like, I you're going to that... lead some guys to have some negative thoughts or some like impure thoughts. Yeah, that's, that's the main argument is like women are out here feeding their babies in public, but they're also like putting impure thoughts in men's heads. Like, oh, how dare her take her boob out and starts feeding her infant. Doesn't she know that I'm attracted to boobs? I could have (laughs) sex with her right now if my wife wasn't here. Can we really, like, that just royally pisses me off because we are blaming a woman for a man's impure thoughts there. Like, just to simplify that for a moment, that... (laughs) why is it her fault what he's thinking just because she's sitting there feeding her child there's nothing sexual about it and he's having impure thoughts that sounds like it's his fucking problem you know or her or whoever's watching that's having impure thoughts because it's not just men versus women either I mean it's it's there's all sorts of scenarios where it could be either gender I think it's embarrassing and not not for but like if I accidentally look in that direction, like mm-hmm. I, I get so embarrassed. I'm just like, oh my God, what if she saw me and like thought that I was creeping and it's like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. 
I, yeah. like I said, I, I just, that's the only problem I have with it. Is that like, cause it's not, it's not, you're right. I mean, it, it isn't really socially acceptable here. So that, that is the one thing that, yeah, it's just, you're just not used to it. Well, and then you have a lot of, um, in different countries where you have a lot of indigenous people that don't wear a lot of clothing and what they do wear, they still might, like the women still might be showing their breasts and it's no big deal. Like that's acceptable for them. Like African tribes. I mean, that's some, they're not the only ones that do that. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, that reminds me of the skit on Family Guy where, I think it was Family Guy or American Dad, where it's like, "Oh no, they they uh, they're sick today. They couldn't come to school. We were just gonna watch this documentary about indigenous women with the big boobs that are hanging out." <laughs> I think yeah. it's I think it's weird how we like in Europe, nudity is not really that that big of a thing, you know? Right, and that's what I think. At least if it were me, I think that you should be free to wear as much or as little clothing as possible. Unless, unless, like, there's got to be some limitations. I get that. You're not going to walk into a court hearing completely naked, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Or at least I hope not. I don't know. But then why do I hope that? Like, why is it just the socially acceptable thing or... I don't know. I always have... Have you guys ever had those thoughts? Like, why the fuck do we wear clothes? All the like, time. Why? Well, I, wouldn't it I, make more like it make more sense to wear clothes during like colder temperatures and climates? But like, I, yeah, I think a lot of it is protection from the elements. Really, I mean, but like the western side of the world, it it's not really. I mean, yeah, I guess part of it is for protection, but most of it is just like can't show. I can't show this to people because it's got to be a mystery. Like this is a special thing that I can only let certain people that I trust <laughs> see it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's kind of you know it's it's a little weird. I feel, but I I don't know. It reminds me of a joke that Joe Rogan said, where like you know how like girls wear like. <clears throat> short shorts and like uh revealing tops and stuff like that and they, they just wear it to go out and look good try to catch a guy but also look good for their girls i think that dude should have like pants where there's like just a little window just a little window where you can just see the, the shaft not the head or anything just the shaft you know just it's just for the boys you know i don't want to look good for the guys when i'm out with the guys drinking and stuff but we don't do that. Like that, you know, it's a little weird. <laughs> you know. Well, and that's where it's kind of almost an unfair situation because we've over-sexualized women so much. Like, yes, men are sexualized too. Don't get me wrong. I fully admit that. I mean, only the hot ones. The giant jacked hot ones, yeah. I mean... I mean, I don't see a fat guy getting sexualized. Dick, so... <laughs> I don't see the fact that on a t-shirt and sell it. Um, yeah, and you don't see the average ones either. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. They do. Uh, like, yeah. you, don't, you don't see Tony Hawk out there getting sexualized. I uh, don't know where. I mean, you got you got to look for it. It's there. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh huh. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I only see Tony Hawk with skateboarding stuff. That's it. Skateboarding and, and like the occasional appearance on Jackass. 
I don't, I've never seen like him in, in like, I don't know, Maxim or, or some like, like magazine or geared towards women or he's like in his boxers skating, you know, <laughs> and like the little articles like, yeah, you know, sometimes, you know, you just gotta, gotta go through the pain of falling off the board and skinning up your knees, but you still look good in these boxers, <laughs> you know? Like, I've never seen that. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that he's, like, half naked in order to be sexualized. Just throwing that out there. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure there's going to be some girl who's going to be, like, standing there watching him, like, do a 900 on a half pipe and go, Oh my god, he's so hot. I mean, I'm just saying, I just Google searched it and I found one image of him in like a full suit doing a trick on a skateboard and damn, that's pretty hot. Just saying. But how is that sexualized though? She just did it. You, you, you sex- yeah, you uh, you applied your the sexualism to it, but like it, what, he didn't wear that suit going, oh yeah. Is that not what every single person does to every single situation though? Isn't no. that the problem? I mean, I don't, I don't put on a reflective vest and a hard hat just to go, you know. No, I'm saying though, it's sexualized isn't it, by women. Isn't it, for some reason there's a picture of Kenny G that came up. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know why. Good luck with that one. Yeah. No, no, I need to erase that image right now. <laughs> um. Yeah, I I think ultimately, though, what it's coming down to is it's each person is taking, whether it's a uh, sexualized photo or not, or situation, we're all sexualizing it in some way, shape, or form. Not every single situation, but, I mean, take the mother that's just trying to nurse her baby, you know, that's not a sexualized situation, but it takes no. that one person to look at it as a sexualized situation to make that judgment. That's my point I'm trying to get across. So, I mean, just because it's not an overtly sexualized situation doesn't mean that it can't be something where we're sexualizing somebody or a body. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. I feel like I feel like I'm I mean, talking make, all over ma- the place. No, <laughs> it makes sense to me as, as you saying, like, it's part of the viewer, the individual viewer interpretation, basically. Like, right? Mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is, like, like the media and and and, and uh, uh, companies and advertisement or whatever have have overly sexualized women to the point where you can have like super skinny woman you can have a curvy woman we're even starting to accept bbws now and modeling kind of it's it's not really there but you know we're we're putting the stepping stones there but what i'm saying is like for dudes i'd buy it i mean unless it's a a cologne ad a, a swimsuit thing underwear it's not really that sexualized for dudes unless they're like super fucking muscular tall handsome you know the average fat guy though he's not getting sexualized you know the worst that he's doing he's like 
plumbing. You know, it's got a little ass crack coming out. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I guess, uh, I mean, I get your point you're making. At the same time, though, like, you put anybody in, like, a firefighter's uniform, I'd be all over that. And I would be sexualizing the hell out of that. Even if it was the most innocent picture. Like, <laughs> but that's just me. Nope, nope, uh-uh. Not gonna do it. <laughs> it was anyone. That's nope. a limit. Kenny G. Uh, put, put Kenny G and a fire, fire, fire. They, they don't make fire suits for wussies. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> look size on there, yeah, Kenny G. Wussy. Uh, that's probably <laughs> even his. I'm sure his tailors laughed at him. <laughs> here comes, here comes Kenny G for another suit. <laughs> Can I just say, out of people that you would think are likely to, like, there's been a lot of talk about, like, pedophiles and stuff lately. Yeah. Out of all these people, like, all these different celebrities, wouldn't you feel like Kenny G would fit in line with some of those people that have offended and done things that they shouldn't be doing? Don't you feel like he's kind of fits that profile? Um, are you saying like like he looks like he could be one? Or are you saying he has and no one's brought it up? I don't know. I think he looks he, like it. He strikes me as someone who would be the polar opposite. So like, you know, he'd he'd take that little Spanish flute or whatever the fuck that thing is he plays, an oboe. and uh, an oboe. oboe, and he probably slams it down after a concert. Get me a fucking beer, asshole. <laughs> You know, he's probably probably goes and sits and watches a football game after a concert. Who fucking knows? Like he's like over masculine. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, goes goes to, you know, he could be some kind of weird. He could be, he could be a weirdo. Get my drink, bitch. You know. So I typed in "average man" into Google Image, just to prove a point, but. Um, so the UK has like this, uh, mirror, I guess is like a magazine or whatever. And they say the UK's Mr. Average for 50 years is Daniel Craig. Uh, is Daniel Craig average to you guys? Let me look. He's, he's the latest bond. Uh, well, he's in bond shape. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's, I, I wouldn't say he was average, maybe above average, but like, hmm. I figured a lot of chicks would be into that. Yeah, I would. Uh, maybe it's just because of his age. that They say that. Maybe. But what about the dad bods? What about the dad bonds? I mean, that's that's <laughs> this dude doesn't have a dad bond. Like that's that's like I work out all the time. Yeah, right. That's what that is. I know. Dad bonds I was are just... mostly just like it's like a myth. It's like, not a myth. It's a like no one advertised a dad bod. No uh, one. You have not been looking on dating sites because <laughs> it is okay, everything. Dating sites are different. I'm saying like you know you don't see a dad bod in like popular shows or movies. You don't see them in magazines or anything. Sure. And it, like you only hear that maybe girls talk like oh yeah dad bods are nice, but like 
I bet that they just say that. I bet they really aren't into dad bods. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, I I'm into it, so I don't know. I'm not all women, but what 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 part of the dad bod are you into? Well, I'm into Is it the, the fact. Gut? It's not that I'm like focusing on one part. Like I'm not like, oh yeah, I love that there's that little pooch at the bottom. Like that's my favorite. Yeah. But it's what more. Is- it's more that it's like. I don't know, it's gonna sound bad, but like it almost makes me feel a little more comfortable if I'm a little bit overweight too. <laughs> like, I was just gonna say I was gonna say, is it because he would be a lot easier to get to obtain than a no, dude who's in shape? Not in that sense. I don't think it's not a matter of easier to get, it's just Is it like selling comfortable? Like okay, so I guess I don't know. There's 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 certain things that like maybe this person would be more accepting of who you were as as yeah. a person. That's I think that's what what so, they're trying so, to what they're trying to portray with that. So the argument is so just to let me make sure I understand this right. The argument is I like dad bods because he he himself is out of shape so he should also accept me being out of shape well and he's not necessarily out of shape it's just he's either got a little bit of a beer gut or like he works out but he's not gonna overly work out to the point that he's like a meathead you know like so like a dad bod's like a guy who doesn't have muscle definition but he's also oh he's got not really on the bad side he's got the arms he just got a little pooch in the tummy See, I used to think that it was, oh, he looks like he would be nice and warm to snuggle with, and he eats nice, tasty food, um, and, like, maybe, you know, since he's not so focused on his physique, he would spend more time doing fun things with me. I mean, that that's part of it, too. But now I think it's just, that guy's out of shape, so he must also be accepting other out-of-shape partners well i'm gonna put okay so i'm gonna flip it for a second because this is something that i feel like i go through is that as a plus size woman that men just assume that because i'm a plus size woman that that means that i'll just settle for anybody that i'm like yep come on over you joe okay tom yep (laughs) sam bob like come on over don't care i have no standards whatsoever just come on over because i'm a larger woman that's assumed for some reason and so i don't want it to be like it's not that they don't have standards they still have standards it's it's mostly for me it would be like a comfort thing and because of the other things that you mentioned that yes they're willing to go like not saying that somebody who's in shape can't cuddle with you or can't make you comfortable or can't whatever each person's got to make their own decision has their own preferences on what they want but it just so happened that the dad bod was the trending thing you know yeah. for a while I mean the the only thing I would say in my experience being 
a above average dad bod would be that <laughs> y you don't really get that much like selection it's going to sound terrible but like you like you're not going to get like skinny single chicks like you have to settle with either um overweight women or the chick who has three or four kids I don't think that's quite fair like I get that maybe that might be a personal situation that you've dealt with but I don't think that necessarily is the case all the time because I know plenty of people that are of different sizes the male or female one is maybe heavier set and the other one's not as heavy set or vice versa and they're still together they're happy together it's not like they're settling I, I don't like putting the term that they're settling for somebody because ultimately right. it's up to you to go out and to pursue it and you know no I know I'm just saying like, like I'm not saying that it's not possible I'm not saying that you know like yeah that happens it's not as as common as as everyone likes to think it is you know it's not like kings on queens or queen kings and queens you know that show with king of queens king of queens where it's like this big fat guy has a really hot latino wife and who's in shape and all that shit i'm sure that happens but it's Pierre not meanie is italian my friend there's a difference okay italian i'm sorry <laughs> get clearly, it right i don't clearly i don't watch the show enough but i'm saying you know like i'm it, it happens but it's not common and what I was saying, like my experience with like dating apps is that's pretty much what gets filtered to you as like a separated slash divorced overweight dude. You pretty much get, you know, overweight chicks and chicks who have, you know, if they're not overweight, then they have kids. Well, and I don't necessarily think that that makes them any less of a potential partner, though. No, but... Their looks or the fact that they already have kids. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, uh... When I, when I got divorced, uh, I was 28, had two kids, and still managed to wrangle a 19-year-old. Uh, figure that one out. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, but were you were you above average dad dad bod? Yeah. You were fat. Oh, uh, you were fat, Jimmy. No, 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 no. Don't lie to me, Jimmy. No, I was not. Uh, back then, no, I was pretty jacked. <laughs> yeah. So you were jacked. You were playing drums in a band. You had the cool Corvette. Uh, yeah, I had a sports car. Yeah. It wasn't an IROC, though, if that makes you feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I mean, it, it, the, all that stuff helps, you know, if you if you're if you're jacked and you got the good looks and everything. I mean, yeah, sure. It's going to help you get get chicks. Just I like, mean, looks. Wow. I cannot believe I even said that. Wow. Um, I think part of the problem, though, is. <laughs> Is, it was the past though you know it was in the past where like i'm sure you weren't on dating apps and stuff like that back then god i don't even need to be on them today 
Right. Wow. Where, like, oh. Today, <laughs> everything's done by the dating app, and it's like this weird, like, dystopian thing. See, and that's that's where everybody's going wrong with everything, though. You know, everybody's just they they want to do this online dating thing they don't want to get out socialize they haven't made those those personal connections with people to where you know just getting in touch with an old friend could spark a connection like that i mean everybody yeah. everybody's so quick to get online and it's it's weird it's a generation thing i'm not comfortable doing the online thing for sure i i, I couldn't do it but it's a I know that I've got that many connections established with people that I, you know, someone might know a friend, someone, it, it, that's just the way I've always been wired like that. Now, younger generation, it's, you know, I'm not going to hook up with anybody tonight. I, I'm going to get on Tinder and, you know, fuck masturbate and I'm going to see what comes in. <laughs> It's just, I think it's a lot of it is people feel safer if they just preview somebody through their phone first. Right. Yeah. Um, And people are also afraid of like awkward slash scary interactions and even denial in some cases, in most cases, is they don't want to be denied on the spot, you know? I think it comes down to two things. I think it comes down to one, I can virtually look through more people in a single night that I could ever hope to meet in person in a single night. Granted, those connections I would be making are are entirely different. It's just a matter of looking at that profile, seeing what they have to put out there, and then saying yes or no. But then I also think that it comes down to the rejection part of it, is it's kind of a soft rejection. I don't know if they reject me. I only know if they like me or if we match. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot less of a blow to your ego in a way. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it is a safety thing, too. Okay, because... well, take, that, take that trophy home for fourth place, then. Go right ahead. <laughs> But one of the major problems that, and I, I can attest to it, is that women, women and men have to- two different, totally two different experiences on dating apps. Yep. Even even good-looking dudes, but where women will have like floods of dudes just constantly liking that's, them. And that's and everywhere. Them. That's everywhere, though. <laughs> Yeah, and like I, dudes will get like they'll be lucky if like one or two chicks yeah. like like them that week. But it is dudes ridiculous. Are, dudes are dumbasses on there though too. And I, yeah, I I've seen I've I know it from experience, not from my personal experience, but like you know I've had friends that'll get on there and they'll just be like, hey, you want to hook up? It's just like that. It's like that fast. I, I, I yeah. Mean, hello, like. Do you know how to start a conversation? Do you know how to... <laughs> I, it, it just baffles me. I mean... Yeah, but then, like, when you turn around and you're like, well, I don't want to be that, that fucking jerk shark who's going to hit on you right away or, or, you know, DTF you right away. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be like, hey, how's it going? How, you know, what what's your interest or whatever? And then the girl's like, oh, you have a boring personality. Mm-hmm. Next. You got you to gotta throw something in there to keep them interested. Yeah. 
Uh, my, my personal favorite ones, though, are the ones where in like their bio, they're like, "You have to have a personality. You have to make me laugh." And then you you go, you take that step to show personality and try to make them laugh, and they just give you the, "Uh huh, okay, yeah." It's like you don't even have a personality yourself. So I'm gonna chime in for a second. <laughs> From my experience, at least, and granted, I would say I'm like a six or seven out of ten. Okay, I'm not the best looking, but I, I'm definitely good looking. I can say that, but um, I get a lot of messages. I get a lot of likes. I'm a female on a dating app. That's what happens. I get those people that are like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Let's go meet up. And I'm like, no, thanks. That's all right. But the amount of legit messages that I get, like, I don't even, I can't even reply to all of them sometimes because there's just that many that come in. Some of them are absolutely disgusting. I never want to open them. Um, I regret opening them. Get one with a picture of bubbles. (laughs) (laughs) I, I mean, like some of them that are just like. I don't. I can't even think of the worst one I've gotten at the moment. There was one I got the other day that just royally pissed me off, and I about let this guy have it. Um, but I, you know, I took the high road anyway. Um, but there's just so many messages that you get, and then when you do start talking to some guy, and even girls do this too, and they just, I get bored so quickly when I'm talking, like, they'll be like, Hey, how are you? And I'll be like, good. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. What are you up to? Oh, I'm sitting on the couch watching TV. What are you doing? And they reply with the same thing. And we're like, cool. What are you watching? And then it's just the same damn conversation over and over and over again, at least 20 times in a week. That's why that's why why that sucks. So like, oh, but so what, what's your suggestion though? Like, what do you what? How should they be? Like, cause like I feel like I've been in that situation a lot with whatever girl would. I'd be like, hey, how's it going? How's your day? Oh, so, it's going good. And then like, you know, I'd be like, get off, hey, get offline, go to a bar. <laughs> I'm serious. Go go out. Just that's that's the way to do it. That that's the way to do it. I'm not saying, you know, I'm so fucking scared to go to a bar by myself to hope that I would get a date, though, as a female. Go with your Maybe. friends. But like, OK, but like, are you saying like, go to the bar as in like finding like a meaningful relationship or just hook up? Well, is that is that what you're intending? But I feel like the girls at the bar feel like that's my only intent is just I want to hook up. I'm not getting anywhere on my dating app, so I'm I'm here in person, desperate to hook yeah, up. I think, I think a lot of people are are taking it like that they're going somewhere with a purpose. Like the like you're gonna go out with your friends, and then if something happens, I guess my my output of it has always been: if something happens, it happens. If not, so what? I had fun. I got to go out and do something. Uh, 99.9% of the time that was never the case however uh, that was always the way I looked at it was just shit sometimes I just didn't hook up whatever but I mean 
you gotta you gotta get out I, I i still think that's the best way to to meet people and to you know the internet the the online dating has just put way too much of an emphasis on the profile that's got to look good and then the messaging and so tell me this you just you don't you don't get that you know you just come over and come and leave and that's it and on, <laughs> on to the next one <laughs> okay so I, I, I don't like i mean don't look at me you know it's like one of them <laughs> things <laughs> so i have a question so you were saying go out to the bar go like as a female go with your friends or whatever okay so if i'm out there with a group of like three or four girls are you comfortable as a guy coming up solo up to a group of four girls and picking the one that you want to you know advance towards and going up to that group or do you wait till she separates at some point i mean girls stick together pretty well i feel like that would be intimidating for a guy i used to do what i used to do is i would like i if there was a group and i saw one that that i liked i would go to one of the friends and i would talk to one of the friends and then weasel my way in that way (laughs) serious and that's the way to do it. If she's got friends, then you go talk to one of the friends. Hey, I think your friend's cute. You know. <laughs> and I I have gotten responses where, oh, um, we're lesbians. And then <laughs> you know, and then you just okay, fine, you're not into it. And you just leave. Yeah, say that's the easy response for <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Or, oh, I'm here with my boyfriend. Uh, he's just getting me a drink right now or something, you know. Yeah. Um, Those are the easy. The only, the only one I've gotten was uh, I'm, we're, we're lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> this is the bridal party. She's getting married next week. Yeah, they were yeah. pretty obvious, though. I mean. Yeah. They I don't got- know. I don't know. I mean, I, we were talking about how the standards for guys, I mean, standards for women are also pretty, pretty up there too, as far as the dating scene goes. Like, I feel like I'm expected to go out and like have a full face of makeup, have my hair perfect, have a ball mask outfit, have the right everything going on. I got to smell great. I got to have like the great smile going, you know, make sure to start my whitening strips like two weeks before. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I got all of these things. You have no idea how much planning goes into women getting ready to go out somewhere. Yeah. But I feel like that's, that's pressure women put on themselves. Cause like it should be a testament in itself on how many dudes are in your inbox that they're desperate for anything. They don't care. I mean, sure, they don't want you to look like trash, but you don't need to, like, put so much effort into it. But I'm just going to throw this out there. Desperate is not attractive at all. Yeah, but that's, like, 85% of all dudes on dating apps. Which is why 85% of dudes don't have any luck on dating apps, I feel like. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, you know, like, I get it. You want to look, you want to look nice. You want to smell nice. You want to, so it doesn't give a bad impression but like you don't need to like stress out about it two weeks before you know and you don't need to like go get some expensive you know outfit i literally feel like i am in a constant state of stress 
<laughs> I'm just like, I gotta be ready just in case you need to go out, just in case something comes up. I gotta be ready. I gotta make sure that, you know, like all the shaving is done, like all of that's ready to go. I've got the moisturizer going. I've been keeping up on my whitening strips. I've been keeping up on everything. Like that is, I, I don't know. I'm sure I'm not the only woman that feels that way or thinks that way. Let me, let me ask you when, when you like, when women get ready for like the first date, they put so much effort into being ready and being perfect and all that stuff. Are they doing that in in anticipation of getting laid after the first date? So not necessarily, but just in case, yes. (laughs) So like, that's not our end goal, but what if I really like the guy or girl or whoever? What if I really like the person and we hit things off and we have, you know, that passion hits and maybe we want to do it. Like, so I want to be ready. All that work and effort is just based off of a what if. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. Like I did the exact same thing. I mean, I made sure that, I mean, yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling you guys to like, you should not, you know, you should go work out, not shower before your date and, and all that stuff. Cause nothing's going to happen. I'm just saying like, you know, like, there's the the story where like women especially during the winter kind of start skipping shaving their legs because they can wear jeans or leggings or whatever and it covers up their legs mm-hmm. but you, you can know, sure so like once uh like thursday night starts rolling around those ladies are thinking about shaving everything and they're like all right i need like 30 minutes to shave everything i'm right. going to set aside this time so but i can that's go for like shave. A, that's that's for a what if right like that's a yeah. step you could skip if you're not planning on getting laid that night right but what like if? he's not gonna see my legs <laughs> but what if it's it's like the it's, it reminds me of a meme I saw where it's like I shaved my whole ass coochie for uh-huh. the uh, fucking five layer burrito and like a two two pump. <laughs> you know, like you would not even believe how much like I'm sure you guys can imagine, but the amount of effort and, and I know that guys it's not just women guys put in a lot of effort to look good and smell good and all of that too. I just feel like with women, there's like the whole other level of like makeup <laughs> involved yeah. that just adds that extra stress. Because also, when I'm already stressed out, that's when I'm gonna fuck up my makeup and I have to redo it like four different times. And then by that time, I'm like, I might as well not even go out. I might as well just stay home and eat some ice cream out of the tub and just watch Netflix because can I, fuck it. Can I can I ask Jimmy something? Yes, you may. Jimmy, (laughs) how much do you prefer women to wear makeup? Do you like women wearing a bunch of makeup or would you rather be a little to to none? A little to a a little. Yeah. 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 Uh, When you when they overdo it, I think um, it looks fucking horrible. Yeah. And they cake it on. Yeah. You look like a clown take it off you know what especially I mean? like, like mm-hmm. around the like neck area where it doesn't match up with the skin on the chest exactly yep i you know i'm cool with a little eye makeup maybe some eyelashes and some eyeshadow or whatever but other than that 
I'd rather see you natural because if you are a potential mate, I I don't want it to be so sudden when I see you wake up the next morning next to me without makeup on, you know. It's like, wait, is that who is that? Who is this? That's not the lady I was with. Yeah. yeah so it, it, it's the, it's got to be the natural thing. I, I'm not saying. I, I guess I don't. I'm a sucker for the, I'm a sucker for the like the, the goth look almost. But like I think you can pull that off without having. I mean, you don't makeup. Yeah, you don't need like a bunch of foundation like and, and clog up your pores and all that stuff. Maybe a little lipstick, maybe some eye makeup, just little, just little. You know, nothing too gaudy or caked on. So I think each person has their preference because I've also met people like I've met men that like a lot of makeup and I've met men that like no makeup and there's all these spectrums in between. And I mean, yes, to some extent, the women are doing it for themselves. They're not necessarily always doing it for somebody else either. And I think like, you know, go for it. If you want to wear a lot of makeup, makeup, go for it. I personally suck at makeup. (laughs) Like, I literally just learned how to do a cat eye eyeliner for the first time in my life, and I've nailed it three times now. I feel pretty proud. I feel like I earned a medal for that. Um, Because it's really fucking hard, guys. It's really hard. Um, But, so, I mean, yeah, I get it. I, I personally don't like caking on a lot of makeup either. I've been there, done that. I've definitely committed a few... uh, uh, bad decisions with caking on too much makeup and going out and then taking photos and looking back and I think the, I didn't like it. The last two times that we went out and to see Jimmy play, mm-hmm. you you caked on too much makeup and I know that it was an influence of another friend, but <laughs> like I'd I rather... did not do my makeup those nights, but right. I liked how I looked and that's what really mattered at that point but yes i get what you're saying yeah but like you would you would come up to me and go oh how do i look and i'm like oh, looks good and you're you like know, well you know i can tell and says, how do you look or how do i look but what am i supposed like, to say you look fucking gorgeous what, that's what, what she'd say but i also you know like i don't want to hurt your feelings but i also kind of want to like subconsciously let you know that I don't like the look. <laughs> you know, but I'm like, I can't just be like, oh, fucking terrible. Take it off, you know? After you spent like an hour or two hours putting it on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I do want honesty, but at the same time, if yeah, if I put in a lot of effort and I seem like I'm feeling myself, like, just be like, yeah. You do you. May not be my preference, but you do you. You look great. You know? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what I did. I was like, hey, you look good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we got a little bit off topic, but <laughs> I definitely. <laughs> it's always funny where these things go. Right. I'm already in the doghouse. <laughs> we started on you, Venus and we ended up on mobile dating. Did, did the, you ever leave the doghouse? No. No, let's I'm, be real. I've been in the doghouse for a while. 
I've been here for years. So that, Don't call uh, it a comeback. <laughs> <laughs> How does this relate to uh, gas on Venus? Well, it was originally the comment was that girls are from Venus and men are from Mars. Yeah. So I guess it ties in. Yeah, I stole I, the comment I stole from Julie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The the genius here that came up with that. You're welcome. <laughs> Steal you, my shit. You do know that's a book, right? Yes, I know. Yeah. You can find it next to the uh, chicken noodle soup for the soul. Yep. <laughs> and what to expect when you're expecting. Yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. But yes, so dating in general, just dating right now, anytime, dating sucks. It fucking yeah. sucks. But especially online during COVID times, it yeah. really sucks. Yeah, not only, not only do you have that, but you have the risk of, oh, this person's going to come over, give me AIDS, and give me COVID. Great. Awesome. Yeah. Dead one way or another. Great. And eat my butthole. <laughs> Sounds like a fun time. Don't threaten me with a good time. Hey, thank you for making it to the end of the episode. We really appreciate it. Just wanted to remind you all that we have an Instagram, a Discord, and a SoundCloud. So go ahead and give us likes and follows on those platforms. And hey, keep an eye out for new platforms such as iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Tuned In. And most importantly, from all of us, have a beautiful day.